Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And today, I want to say this up front, we're going to interview an individual who, in my opinion, has written the most important book of this time. I mean, present time, not past or present or future this time. And the question I ask all of you is this, because this is what the book's about. How does Trump and then President Trump say what he says? Now, for full disclosure, Donald Trump is a friend of mine. We've written two books together. I've known him for about 15 years now, and he has the same disease I have. It's called foot and mouth. You know, why does he have such important agendas and then open his mouth Twitter and put it in his, put his foot in his mouth and go backwards. And like I say, he's a friend of mine. It disappoints me, but that's our present. But the, there's there's another thing that goes deeper, which is what our author is going to be talking about. Why does he get away with it? How does he get away with it? And I was just three days ago in Montana. And these guys, every time Trump says something as stupid as that, they love him more. And they're gonna find out why. And why is it that somebody walk up to a Republican baseball game and shoot a Republican, Republican because a Republican? What the heck is going on? Right, Kim? Yes, this is a, this is a, fascinating, a fascinating book, but more importantly, a subject that uh, it's a perspective that I'm guessing you have never heard before. And as I read this book, and um, I've highlighted a lot of it, but not as much as Robert. Robert has like every word underlined. Um, it, it, it's so important because I actually see people differently from this whole one specter of the, of the American population. I see them differently. I actually am treating them differently because of this book. So I, I'll say it again. I think this is the most important book of this time because if we don't shape up, not only nationally, but internationally, we're gonna to go to war amongst ourselves. We're gonna start shooting, you know, pretty soon there's gonna be a Republican shooting Democrats at the baseball game. I mean, how far is this hate gonna go? That's why this is a very important book. And the name of the book is called White Working Class. Now I was, I was sitting at home and Kim was reading the New York Times and I see this article and I just, it jumped out at me. So I read the article in the New York Times it's about white working class. I thought that's kind of an interesting title. So I read the article, then I flew to New York for the book exposition of America, BEA, and I'm sitting in my booth signing autographs and the same people I work with, there is the same book, white working class. So I asked the, when the, when the show is shut down, I says, can I have that book? And it is, I would say it again, it is the most important book of our times. The most important book, because if we don't shape up, if we don't personally make changes on both sides, we're gonna kill each other. 
So our guest today is Joan Williams. She's a distinguished professor of law at UC Hastings, foundation chair and director for the Center for Work-Life Law. She's the author of White Working Class, Overcoming Class Clueness, Cluelessness in America. So Joan, welcome to welcome, our Joan. show. Delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation. So, so I mean, I want everybody to read this book. It is, I mean, I admire, I'm a, I'm a lousy writer, but when I read somebody who can write with such clarity and, should I say, precision as white working class is, everybody's got to read your book. It's a thin book, but it whacks you in the head. Yes, it does. So, so Joan, why, what, how did you get into this topic? Well, the way I got into it is that I've been studying social inequality for decades. Um, I focused for a long time on gender, and then I started to focus more on race. Um, but I also married into a white working class family um, almost exactly 40 years ago. And so I've naturally been focused on class as well, and basically what my whole adult life has been is bridging what I call the class culture gap because I grew up very much a silver spoon girl um, in a professional managerial family. And the family that I married into just did the most simple things differently. Um, even, and we both you know, thought of each other as sort of kind of strange natives from a different land. And I'll just tell you one funny story. This is shortly after I was married and my mother-in-law Came. We were cleaning up after dinner. She was visiting. She said, well, where do you put the butter? And I, without thinking, I said, we put it under the bed. And she went and put the butter under the bed. That's how strange we were to each other. Wow. Could you describe <laughs> your husband's then, if, if he comes from what you call white working class, can you give us an idea what his family was like, his family upbringing? Well, his, his father was a factory worker um, who made those machines that measure humidity in museums, and his mom was a homemaker, and then she worked part-time to help put them through Catholic school. This was the absolute classic um, profile of a blue-collar family of his generation. What's happened, and the reason that the white working class in the United States is really apoplectic, is that the kind of life that they had, where dad works full-time, mom works either part-time or intermittently, and they can access the good life. They ended up, my, my father-in-law ended up, uh, was born into a very poor family, getting evicted from apartment after apartment, and ended up being a homeowner, owning a little house, putting the kids through Catholic school, having the car, the washing machine. He accomplished his vision of a middle-class life. In spite, and, in spite of having a blue-collar job is what you're saying. He never earned more than $12,000 a year. Right. Now, this was a long time ago. But in spite of uh, basically on one blue-collar salary plus a little intermittent part-time work so, for his wife. So for your husband's father, the American dream came true. At Absolutely. A, that's what you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Right. And this is the first generation of Americans who do not believe the American dream is going to come through through for them. And for a very simple reason, they're right. That's the direction that we've been going. It's called the hollowing out of the middle class. We've been producing um, a lot of jobs for the, for the likes of me at the top of the, the heap and a lot of jobs that pay minimum wage and not, uh, not enough jobs in between. And so you have this um, hollowing out of, of the middle class 
and people see the American dream slipping from their grasp, and not understandably, they're upset about that. And they should be. You said that you had the silver spoon. Would you mind describing your background, you know, as a contrast to your husband's background? Well, I come from my 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 grandmother's name was Joan Pinkerton Chalmers. So I come from the Pinkerton Detective Agency and the Alice um, Alice Chalmers Heavy Equipment. Holy I, I, my father. My father comes from real wealth. Um, they were the kind of people who did the right thing in the, in the uh, Depression in Chicago by holding huge parties um, to Im- give people employment with their idea. Um, and my, my, grand- my maternal grandfather was a, a, a rabbi, so not, not anywhere near as wealthy, but definitely, um, as we say in the sociology biz, high and, human capital. And you mind giving us your educational background? Because when I read it, I can't even pronounce the names. I'm a caricature. <laughs> I'm a caricature. Uh, I went to Yale, Harvard, and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Holy mackerel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, talk about Talk about airless East Coast elite. You didn't didn't have a silver spoon. You had the golden diamond spoon, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Joan, let let me ask you this. The the white working class, you say they're they're characterized, you, you put them opposing the what you call PME, professional managerial elite. And you said that the the white working class is characterized, and it actually goes back. It first came up through through the TV character Archie Bunker. And all of a sudden, there's Archie Bunker and this bigot and his way of life. And then there's Al Bundy. And all of a sudden, the white working class is being put into this box of their um, kind of toothless, ignorant, um, That's what Hil- somewhat Hil- lazy. Hillary called the deplorables, which was yeah. a big mistake. You know, uh, Joan, we're not Republican. Obama, or, we're not Republican Obama, or Democrat. Yeah. So. Obama, before, before, before her, said they were uh, bitter people clinging to their guns and religion. So would right. you say Obama and Hillary are PMA, professional managerial elite? Yeah, Obama, I mean, in some ways, what we see in the Republicans before Trump, before Trump, before Trump. But is, uh, <laughs> my friend, the, my friend, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless his heart. Um, so the, the Republicans have come from the business elite and the Democrats have come from the professional elite. Right. Uh, and that's, that's been the traditional breakdown. Um, let me go back and pick up a thread, if I may, which is I think that one of the reasons that white working class is so angry is that both Republicans and Democrats, um, they see as having told them, we're sorry about your jobs, but globalization and automation means they're gone, whatever. Right. And with respect to trade treaties, oh, they're going to be great for consumers. And my, uh, I think that, that the white working class is like, okay, I'm really happy I can buy a cheap pair of socks. That's no substitute for a decent job. And don't tell me you can't get me a decent job. Um, and I think that the white working class is right here. I mean, for people who say we can't give decent middle-skilled jobs to these people, uh, my response is one word, Germany. Germany has given decent blue-collar jobs because they've made it a national priority. We have not made it a national priority. And I think at some level that's we're reaping um, the results of that now. Okay, once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki at the Rich Dad Radio Show. Good news and bad news about money. Our guest today is Joan Williams. I believe she has written the most important book of our times, Republican, Democrat, you don't care, whatever because we have too much hate going on right now. I have never seen it this 
hateful in all my life. And I think her book, White Working Class, is a critical read, especially if you're a Democrat and you hope to win next time. Because our President Trump, as goofy and the thing he says that upset so many of the PMA, the white working class loves. I was just in Montana with the white working class. These guys are rich guys, but they're working guys. They own and they're hard working guys. Hard working. And they're tractor factories. They own wheat fields and all this. And every time he sticks it in the eye of the PME, the Obamas and the Clintons and the attorneys and all the college graduates, these guys jump up and down and cheer for joy. So I think Joan is saying if the Democrats don't get it straight or the, the PME don't get it straight pretty soon, they're going to lose again to him because Trump talks about what they're interested in, which is more jobs. Is that correct, Joan? I think that's true, and I think you put your finger on something else that's really important. I mean, a lot of my crowd looks at Trump um, out here in San Francisco and goes like, how can these people you know, be happy by what Trump is doing? But they like Trump's transgressive quality. Why, why, why is that? They why is that? It. Why? They love it. They why, love do it. They lo why do they love it? I think because... Um, in many ways, I mean, these ranchers may be, may be wealthy, but with the people we call the white working class, they're actually the middle class. They're the right. middle 50% 50, 50 of Americans. Right. Um, and, um, and so they, uh, if you think about it, for the last 30, 40 years, um, we've been obsessed with issues that I think are really important, issues I've worked my entire life on. I mean, I'm a very traditional liberal, environmentalism, Various equality projects poverty. for women, for people of color, poverty, uh, LGBTQ, those are all have been very central to the um, elite's imagination. But <laughs> well said, John. Well said. I like that. And that's what I've spent my life working on those issues. I yep. think they're important. But who did we leave out, pray tell? We left out people who are disadvantaged by class. Right. We left, and, and actually, in my crowd, when you say that, they say, oh, well, no, I, I care about the poor. I, and I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. Yes. Joan, Joan talking hold about that thought. Poor. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. We're going to find out what is the white working class, not the poor. What is the white working class upset about? And why does Trump, every time he opens his mouth and insert his foot, go up in popularity? You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Thanks for tuning in to The Rich Dad Radio Show. If you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes or Android, subscribe to the show, and leave a rating and review to help other financially-minded people like you find The Rich Dad Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in and keep on learning. And now... The Rich Dad Radio Show and the Rich Dad Company voicemail box are proud to present Rich Dad's number one fans. Hello? 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 Dad's number one fans.
Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit online at CorporateDirect.com. That's CorporateDirect.com. Your financial education continues. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. And today we're interviewing Joan Williams. Her book is White Working Class. And the reason I love Joan's book is because she's not talking about let's love each other. She says it's time we respect each other. You know, hatred doesn't require love. It, it, it requires respect. So what Joan's book did for me was it opened my eyes to what the white working class versus the black working class and Latino working class. What is the white working class so upset about? And I didn't know. And we do need to treat more people with more respect. For example, the other day I was coming out of the supermarket to check out uh, the, the little girl bagging the bags, you know, right there. And I realized I don't even see her. You know, I'm so in a hurry. I want to get to my next thing, make more money and all this. And suddenly I looked down and I said, this is the person Jones were talking about. She's there. She doesn't want welfare. She just wants to work. And I took a brief moment just to be more respectful to this person who's working their butt off at, you know, just struggling to survive, worried, knowing their jobs are gone. And so, Joan, that's why I thank you, thank you for your book is it, it taught me to slow down and pay people a little bit more respect. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, so Joan, when we when you talk about the white working class, it seems like they've been mischaracterized. And would you would you tell us first of all what what are the real characteristics of the white working class and what is important to them? They're very I mean, obviously there's a huge group of people and they vary a lot for each from each other, but they do share a, a culture. Um, and their culture is really focused around self discipline. Because for a very simple reason. They need, it takes an incredible amount of self-discipline to go to their often routine and often physically demanding jobs every day on time for 40 years straight and not display an attitude, which can get you fired. Um, out here, being disruptive earn you a billion dollars. But if you're in a blue-collar or pink-collar job, being disruptive just gets you fired and your family's on the street. So they, their lives require really um, rigorous self-discipline, which they exercise in order to create a stable, settled life for their families. And they're really, really proud of that as an accomplishment for a very simple reason. It is a very considerable accomplishment. These are the guys that um, make... It's not an accomplishment that the elite often right. respects. But um, these are the guys that the make... Is... They make the Sorry. economy run. They are the economy. Absolutely. They Absolutely. are without them, we'd crash. Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, not to be indelicate, but we couldn't even go to the bathroom I understand uh, without these people. I know. Uh, I mean, that's that's how that's how basic they're they're they we couldn't they, we'd have no water to drink. We I would have breast cancer because no one would be giving giving me a mammogram. Mammogram. These people have important jobs. We need to respect them because they are doing important work. 
And with many fewer resources than my family's ever had, they're bringing up decent citizens of the next generation that are going to take care of all of us when we're too old for words, which I almost, I, 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 I already am almost. Um, so th- this, this self-discipline ethic is very different from the central ethic of the top 20%. They're really focused on self-development um, of, like, dis- they do- want to discover every little micro-talent in their kids and develop it immediately. Their kids need to have a, have a very different attitude towards authority. And all these differences are for very, for very concrete reasons. In a professional job, you need to be able to speak up and say your ideas. Um, you uh, you, you are, are taught to expect self-development from your employer and everybody else you interact with. All of that is really uh, an expression of, of, of social privilege. And so I think that in many ways, and, and the, the, the issues that have been at the center of the cultural imagination in the United States, which I've worked on, again, I'm not against these, but um, gender equality, mother's ability to have uh, uh, a rewarding career, people's ability to express themselves sexually in the way that feels authentic, all of that ties in with this, um, with this uh, self-development ethic, and it does not fit as, mu- as well with the self-discipline right. ethic. Right. So, so the, like, this is the thing uh, that's very important, which I loved about your book, is that you talk about how the white working class respects the rich but really is adversarial with the PME, the uh, professional— absolutely managerial elite, like doctors, accountants, attorneys, yep. your, your bosses and all that. I, I was talking to, we were talking to our housekeeper just because, after reading your book, and she says, I quit my job because how can they put a 22-year-old college graduate who knows nothing about my job and tell me what to do? Wow. And she that's, was, that's actually a quote in my book, too. I, oh, no, Joan, I mean, your book yep. opened my eyes because I, I now had the uh, the thoughts a little bit to of ask, understanding of understand what's a little a, compassion what their for their values are and she says this college yeah. kids don't know anything so yeah. why is it they like a guy like why do they like to rich but not like the PME the college educated kids well I think they they, they deeply admire the rich because that's what they want to be they don't want to be you know this self-development ethic acting like professionals that's such a different culture from there they don't want to do that they want to be just the way they are with their own small, dense, rooted networks of, people, of family and friends, just with more money. And the other thing, if you think about Trump, um, who is a, grew up very privileged, we can talk about why he connects with these people so well if you want, but if you, you know, the, the, the fantasy of the order taker yes. is to be the order giver. You're fired. That they can connect with that imaginatively, <laughs> yeah. and they don't. After all, they don't meet. They don't meet the Donald every day. They don't interact with him. But they meet the PMEs the every day. Their they bosses. Meet, they meet this. My boss is, as you said, some college kid who doesn't know beans about my job, but is perfectly willing to tell me how to do it. So That's they a direct quote. So they they didn't use the word beans. So they they um, often think of the PMEs as phonies. They, yeah, they think of the PMEs, those shirt and tie types who just have to politic, pencil pushers who just have to, who have spent their whole life sucking up to other pencil pushers. That, they're not like me. I tell it like it is. I'm very direct. I don't use fancy language. Who does this sound like? Donald Trump. And, um, and also the, 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 
the PMEs not only order them around every day, they're their teachers who they may feel are not fair to their kids, who assume their kids are dumb because they're not from a fancy family. So the, the white working class interacts with professionals every single day, and often we treat them with supreme disrespect, which they don't appreciate. John Williams. Amen, amen, amen. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to Joan Williams, author of White Working Class. If we don't start respecting each other through their values and what's going on, we're going to kill each other. We don't need ISIS. We don't need the Taliban. We're just going to kill each other. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, well, Joan, in reading your book, too, the, the PMEs, the professional managerial elite, they're so different in their values of the white working class. And one of the things that popped out at me, one of the questions that a lot of PMEs ask is, hey, if the white working class, they can't get a job, why don't they move? And Joe, one more thing is that I wasn't just, after reading your book, I'm in Montana, my eyes are open. I go to this ranch. They're very, they're all, they all have college degrees and they're gonna be ranchers. And they, they had a party for 110 family members. I went, holy moly. (laughs) Because of your book, I could sit there and talk to them. And that was, and I, you know, I don't. Robert, that makes me feel really good. Yeah, your book is fantastic. Your book is fantastic. We're doing what I set out to do. Yeah, but the hardest thing for me is talking to a PME. (laughs) (laughs) And that's. I'm beginning to understand that. Well, you you are talking to one, by the way. Oh, I know. Joan, your book is about respect, and respect yeah. leads to peace. And, and, and that's why, and values, and what people are interested in is so important, what you've done. So, Thank you. So why, why is it that the PMEs disrespect the WWC? They, they support the blacks, the, the Hispanic, Hispanics, Poverty, the poor, the LBGT. They're all about that. But how come they're not, not respectful of the right working class? Well, you know, they used to be. Um, back in when in my parents my parents age um, white working class men got a lot of respect and people thought it was ex- I mean one of the ways they expressed that respect is supporting unions and um, they uh, you know if you go uh, in most post offices in this country you'll see pictures of uh, respectful pictures of white working class guys doing blue collar jobs we used to celebrate those kinds of blue collar jobs now. It was very gendered, the women not so much, but we, we did get the class piece right. And then, starting in the 60s, the, um, the elite's attention got uh, shifted to these other issues, which I think are equally important issues, but they're only equally important issues. They're not more important issues. And when the elites aren't kind of running things through their heads, they tend to just um, stereotype people who are of a different class than them as... Um, as what we see, as like Homer Simpson or Archie Bunker. Uh, and, and Al so, Bundy, my hero. She was salesman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, um, and I, all that I am, and so we, we, have, uh, we have really the elite knowing that to be a good person, you should care about the environment and um, the poor. But you don't have to understand, connect, respect to the white working class right. in order to be a good person. So, so Joan, now, a few we, we people need, care about that, but yeah. most people don't, and that's fine. We need to that's take we need, we need to problem. take we need to take a break. But before uh, I want to go on to another subject that I think is also important is the story of Hillary Clinton. I mean, how come she didn't connect with women? I mean, here's Trump. I mean, he says stuff. 
That's horrifying. Yeah. I mean, I, I he's my friend, and I go, Donald, why did you say that? So when we come yeah. back, so when we come back, I want you to go into how come Hillary did not relate to white working class women. You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Rich Dad Coaching offers a phenomenal variety of services and custom strategies, all aimed at ensuring a secure, comfortable, and rich future for you and your family. Now you can get weekly access to exclusive Rich Dad Coaching services through our live stream events. Go to richdad.com and click on the on-demand banner at the top of the homepage. Great new videos are updated regularly. Get inside knowledge and insights from Robert Kiyosaki himself, Rich Dad Coaching professionals, and more. Go to richdad.com and click on the on-demand banner at the top of the homepage. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. You can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes and Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. So you can listen to this again, because the way people learn is by repetition. If you listen to this program one more time, you'll, you'll pick up 20%, 30% more and retain it longer. Also, if you have friends, family, or working associates, this is a very important program to listen to as a group and discuss because what Joan Williams, our guest today, is talking about the white working class is really about leadership. You know, we're not going to change everybody, but all of us as individuals can change ourselves. And what Joan, Joan Williams' book, White Working Class, has done for me, it's really asked me to put a mirror to myself and look at how I deal with people. I'm not going to change the PME. I'm not going to change the white working class or the poor or the LBGT, but I can change how I deal with them. And what she's done with her book is really, really given me the uh, tools to be more respectful by understanding different values of different people. Any and and Joan, what you're saying too, it's a, it's even a bigger issue in terms of, um, you know, we talk about that PMEs are college educated. Well, you say that two thirds of Americans are not college educated. This is the white working class is such a huge number of people that are being ignored. And if we keep ignoring them, we're going to find ourselves in deep trouble. Is that correct? I, I agree. That's and so, what so, we've seen. So let's, let's, let's get to my favorite subject here now. How come Hillary <laughs> lost? I mean, how can Trump say all those horrible things about women and the white working class woman says, I like Trump? How did that happen? I don't think that a lot of white working class, I mean, I, I don't think they, certainly not all of them said I like Trump. I think they, they said, I don't like Hillary, and oh, um, she okay. doesn't represent my values. I love and, Hillary. Um, and what are the... Pardon? <laughs> so, um, Everybody's laughing at me as I love Hillary. They, they know I'm lying. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing is, you know, I've studied gender for many decades, and I think for many, many people, both Hillary and Donald Trump, were seen as unlikable, and this is there's yes. actually polls that show this. The most yes. unlikable. Yes. If a if a woman actually he, more people thought he was unlikable than she she did, but when a woman is unlikable, uh, she's not a good woman. Like who does she think she is? You know, kind of lock her up. When a man is unlikable, maybe he's not a good man, but he can still be a real man, and that's what I think. That is why the unlikability hurt Hillary more than it hurt. Um, Donald and you and you say that Hillary epitomizes the PME. What what do you mean by that? First of 
first of all, she, she just doesn't have an ear for connecting with these people at all. And in fact, she um, has a, had a tin ear. Um, <laughs> one of the central metaphors of her campaign was the glass ceiling and like, oh, vote for me because I want to sh- shatter the glass ceiling. What is the glass ceiling if you think about it? It's like that it means that people like me should get the kind of job my father had. Why should the white working class care whether elite women can get elite men's jobs? They don't care. So that was a real misstep to talk mm. about the glass ceiling. One of the things that she really, her campaign um, messed up, and this is really oh, people around her, I think, more than her herself, is you know when Donald Trump, those Access Hollywood tapes came out, and he was bragging basically about sexual assault, um, uh, they didn't jump on that, whereas a lot of women in pink-collar jobs and even more so women in blue-collar jobs, they face sexual harassment every day of the week. And so I think if Hillary's campaign had understood um, that um, working-class people are different than they are and you have to talk to people from their own experience rather than assuming that everybody is like you, I think we might have seen um, a different result. But we might not have, too, because the other thing I think that working-class women who voted for uh, Trump 28 uh, percent over Hillary, over Clinton by 28 percent, the other thing they were voting for is, you know, when, when when their husbands and partners and boyfriends lose those blue-collar jobs, it hurts the women, too, because the women, by and large, have pink-collar jobs, and pink-collar jobs are underpaid and they don't have a, a good career track. And so one woman after the election who voted for Trump said, I was voting for my boyfriend's job. And she was voting for her boyfriend's job because that was important to her and her kids. Yeah. And then, but you also said the New York Times came out and said, why don't men get pink collar jobs? And you say, that is the biggest insult to a man, a white working class male uh, ego. I mean, you want me yeah, to be I a mean, nurse? You know, they, they... Well, you know, actually, I've been hearing from male nurses saying, uh, I'm a real man. <laughs> I'm sure you I'm have. And, you know, as I, as I say in the book, you know, what's a, what's a job that requires technical training and heavy lifting? It's nurses. Nurse. I understand right? that. Um, so, but uh, I think for the, for the elite to be saying to working class guys, the solution is to take pink collar jobs. Well, excuse me, number one, they don't pay the same as blue collar jobs. So, you're telling me that I should earn less money. And secondly, I mean, my attitude is that I will feel perfectly comfortable with the elite telling blue-collar guys to take pink-collar jobs when the elite starts Start to taking pink-collar librarians, yes. right? Yes. right. Yeah, yes. When the elite when the elite men are librarians, fine. They'll be in a position to take to tell these guys to take pink-collar jobs. Well, right. it's, it's very condescending. Oh, God. It's horrifying. So, Joan, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but but I came from that PMA, so did Kim. My father's Stanford, University of Chicago, Northwestern, PhD, and all that. And I I thought he was out of touch. I mean, and then both our fathers, Kim's father and my father, lost their jobs. Oh, and, my God. And I, wow. tell you, and I tell you something, Joan. The reason I'm an entrepreneur and the reason I, I want to say you're fired is because I don't want to have done to me, what happened to our Kim and our dads. So your, no, but Joan, your book, oh, I wanna get back to the point here is this, it's not about adversarial. You know, like for me, I've gotta deal with PMEs all day long and I can fire them. But that doesn't work too well, as you know. 
So I need to deal with them differently than I do with white working class and then the very poor. And your book gave such a incredible understanding and respect to all classes. That was that's what's fantastic about white working class. And 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 even when you one of the you know you make it so simple, but you even say one of the key values for white working class and where it clashes with PME, white working class is tradition, is family, is stability. Yeah. Where your PMEs, mm-hmm. they love change. They're edgy. They want to see new things all the time. Very Absolutely. different. How do we even bring people together? Is that is that what you want to do? Um, I mean, I would just say to the PMEs, use your imagination. You've used your imagination to connect with the poor. You've used your imagination to connect with people of color if you're a white person. You need to use your imagination to connect across class and to give hardworking, uh, sincere people the respect that you deserve as a hardworking and sincere person. Why should this be so hard? So Joan, thank you very much because that's the main word from white working class is the word we need to be more respectful. So thank you very much for your book. And please come back if I can invite you back. I'd love to talk, interview you again. Absolutely. Enjoyed speaking with you both. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, John. So when we come back, the most popular part of our program, Ask Robert. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760. Or visit online at corporatedirect.com. That's CorporateDirect.com. The key to achieving your dreams is to develop a rich mindset instead of an excuse mindset. Instead of saying, I can't afford that, ask yourself, how can I afford that? It's amazing how a simple shift in thinking can open a world of new ideas and endless possibilities. Let the Rich Dad Company help kickstart your journey to financial freedom. Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Company have compiled Robert's top secrets to creating a rich mindset, now available in a 10-minute ebook, How to Achieve a Rich Mindset. This offer is available for a limited time only, so get yours today. Get your free ebook, How to Achieve a Rich Mindset. Go to richdad.com and look for the banner. Again, this is available only for a few days, so act fast. Go to richdad.com and look for the How to Achieve a Rich Mindset banner. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere, because we're broadcast on iTunes or Android. And you can listen to all of our programs because we archive them at richdadradio.com. And we archive them because repetition is how we learn best. So you listen to this program again, you'll pick up even more. But also, if you have friends, family, or people you work with, this show, White Working Class, is a very important show because it is really today's book. All over the world, Kim and I run into this problem, is you have the people, the working class, not the poor now, 
So people making anywhere from seventy-five to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. They're hardworking, but the PME, the professional, managerial elite, MBA types, are out of touch with the working class. And the working class are the engine of the economy. If they stop working, PMEs might have to work, which be something they don't know how to do. All they know how to do is discuss. Now, the main reason that I wanted Joan Williams on it, she is potent. She is such a great writer. I respect her for that. Is we need to learn to get around with different people. And as an entrepreneur, I have got to deal with poor, working class, PME, other entrepreneurs, and the rich. That's why Trump and I are really, really good friends. Because, you know, people don't think he's a rich guy. I know. I mean, he's a working class guy. He is just like me. He worked construction in the building trades. So he's built houses, he's driven his own pickup truck and all this. And I worked construction. I picked pineapples. You know, I had to, I had to work with the working class. He's like good people. And then I worked on the docks, you know, loading ships and all this stuff. So I grew up with the working class. My classmates did not. The A students and all that, they went on to good schools and all this stuff. I went on to a great school too, but I spent most of my time working with people who work. And I tell you, working construction is horrible. And it's hard work. And then I'm hanging out with Donald Jr. and Eric Trump. They're the greatest kids I've ever hung out with. They told me they had to work on the docks because their dad made them work the docks. They said, so I could climb off, quote unquote, I could climb off a forklift and drive my Mercedes. Donald Trump really wanted those kids to understand what the working class is going through. And they say it all, they say it all the time, my dad's a working class guy. That's why you see him eating you know, a hamburger and fried chicken, and he does eat that. Because I've spent a lot of time with him. He loves hamburger and fried chicken. And as Joan points out, the working class gets really disturbed when people eat sushi and lentils. You know, they go, what are they doing? Or Obama says, you know, you know, the kale doesn't taste like, what did he say about kale or something? Well, he said, you know what the price of arugula is these arugula. days. And the, and the audience, one, one woman goes, that must be a Hawaiian thing. <laughs> Nobody knows what, you know what arugula I mean? is. The yeah. point here is this, it's not who's right or wrong and all this. If you're gonna be an entrepreneur, you've gotta learn how to deal with different classes of people. And so, you know, Trump and I truly do feel more at home with working class. I was just in Montana. <laughs> I was telling Kim, I come home, I go to the Bear Paw Grill in big Sandy, Montana, and our two friends over there, they actually have a Trump doll, a small, small thing. They tap its head, the Trump, they tap the Trump doll head, and it's all these recordings of him making fun of people, you know, and those guys, and these guys are fairly rich guys. I mean, they make a lot of money. They're howling and cackling like jackals because Trump is sticking in the eye of the elites. They love him. So the more Trump says stupid things, the happier they get. So Joan is saying, you better shape up liberals because, you know, they don't really care. Those guys in Montana don't really care what bathroom you're going to. You know, they don't really want to know which choice am I going to make today or the environment. They're trying to survive today. And so when Trump has pictures of him working at Snap-on Tools, we're going to bring more jobs home and on that, they'll forgive him for his stupidity when it comes to speaking sexist and 
racist and religious stupidity in texting. And Kim, you've dealt with Donald. He's, he's, a, he's a pretty straight shooter, right? He's a very straight shooter, yeah. I mean, obviously, he understands the white working class because that's what got him elected. That's who he spoke to. He didn't speak to the elites. He spoke against the elites. And let me say one you more know, thing that Joan— Drain the swamp is against the, the yeah. elites. Let me say one more thing that Joan points out in her book, White Working Class. Get that book. You've got to be an entrepreneur. You've got to get that book. What she says in there is the white working class— respects straight talk. You see, one of the reasons I do so well is because I talk straight, even inside my own company. You know, the elites never tell you what they think. They wanna be politically correct. I don't know what they're thinking because they're afraid they might something might happen. So now, because I read Joan's book, when I deal with the PME, and Kim and I are surrounded by them in our neighborhoods and all this stuff, I realize when I talk straight to them, it offends them too. It, they, don't, they don't like that. Their values are different than Trump's and my value of telling me straight. You know, I mean, there's so much to learn and the, the purpose of this program, Rich Dad Radio program, is we need to have more peace and that comes via respect and understanding of cultural values. And when, and when Hillary talks about smashing the glass ceiling, the working class women really don't want to, they want their husband to have a job, right? They don't have, well, they don't have a glass ceiling. They're not in that world. No. So it doesn't relate to them at all. They want their husbands to have a job. And if he doesn't have a job, then we better vote for somebody who's going to get him a job. That, so, I think that was the basis of that. Yeah. And Trump talks straight. The young boys, I don't know. The, I'm, I've talked to the daughter, but I know Don and Eric very well because I, you know, we've spent a lot of time together. We're politically incorrect hunters. And I've gone into restaurants with Don and Eric, and they make a point of going around and saying hello to all the people in the kitchen, the workers in the background, they shake the hands of the workers and all this. They understand the working class. As I said, we could climb off a forklift and get into our Mercedes. And my classmates, they're all those A students and all that, went to the best schools, they have lost touch and that's why Obama or Hillary can say the deplorables and all they love is their religion and their guns. They're out of touch. And we're going to have war amongst ourselves here. Comments? Yeah. Well, I, and I think the biggest takeaway for me from white working class is just understanding the difference in values. For example, uh, the white working class, they don't want a government handout. They don't want money from the government. All they want is respect and dignity, and they and want a job. They want to work. And stability for their families. When people talk about the next generation is not going to have it as good as they do, they're talking about the white working class and the black working class and the Latino working class. Latino. The working class is getting crushed today. Yeah. Yeah. And the PMA, the, the professional managerial elite, they're talking about gay rights and Archie Bunker and you know the environment and, and that's because self and they say we're starving we're dying yeah, our kids yeah. are, why don't you talk to us yeah well that's because self-development again is another value that's so important to the pmes and that's how they get their self that's how they grow they think they're growing that way it's not important to the the white working class another example and think about this the professional managerial eat the pmes they work defines them they work 24-7, they'll be on airplanes, everything is about their work and getting ahead and being more successful and more professional. The, w, the working class, they actually get put off by 
you know, this all this work, you know, being being so obsessed with work because their their value is family. They want to have time with their family. And their jobs are not their life. Their jobs are survival. They're doing stuff they don't even enjoy doing and, every single day. It's and, so different. And Joan says when you talk to the PME, the elites, oh, what do you do for a living? You know, and they, oh, I'm an attorney, I'm a doctor, I'm a manager of this company, I'm a CEO. But not but the, the white, white working, working class. class. You don't ask them about what you do for a living because many of them hate what they do. Yeah. There was there was one story in there, and the one guy, somebody comes, a PME comes up and says, "What do you do for a living?" And the, and the guy looks at him, the white working class, and goes, "I clean toilets," like just uh, stuck it to him. It's it's just so different. And the biggest takeaway is, as I started to understand more of what the white working class is because I'm out of touch as much as anybody. Um, I can actually have a lot of empathy, but more importantly, I can speak to these, I can speak to people and be more respectful and give them the, the, the be more dignified in dealing with them. Another thing too is a white working class, when they said, when they're, they send their kids to college, they get dumped on yeah. because they're poor people. Yeah. You know, they're not the elites. And I would say that it's so, so true. I mean, I, and I went to a very, very exclusive school, one of the most richest schools in the world, you know, J.P. Morgan and those guys, because we're, we're sailors. And there was such arrogance. These are white kids, come from very privileged families, you know. And I'm going, I, I remember my calculus teacher saying to me, you don't have calculus too yet? I said, no. He says, you're not gonna make it. You know, that's how they treat you if you're not smart. And so that there is so much class difference. Yeah. So Joan's book is not about who's right or wrong, but how do we better communicate to different people by understanding their class values and speak to them with respect. And, and one final point is, you know what a lot of the PMEs say, they say, oh, why doesn't the white working class just go get a college degree? Why don't they just go do that? Well, what they don't understand is these PMEs have come from this this privileged background since they were babies. The and parents they, pay for the education. And they understand all the social things that happen and all the interaction and how to deal with people. The white working class does, doesn't have that necessarily. So not only did they go to college, they get a degree, but now they may not have the social and the networking skills um, to, to get ahead. So in her book, she talks about only about 1% of the white working class who go to college actually obtain the job they want because there's such a prejudice between them and the PMEs. She says when you fill out when you fill out your resume, let's say you went to Harvard Law, another person went to Harvard Law, they'll ask you what are your hobbies or your music you listen to. You put down country, country music, you're toast. You know, if you put down sailing, you're in. You put down stock car racing, you're out. This one, <laughs> this class. one, this one white working class was getting having an interview, and they had a dinner. And he had to run into the bathroom and call his girlfriend, who's PME, and says, which fork do I use? I mean, it's that simple. I mean, it gets down to that basic of a, of a difference. Yeah, there's a lot of arrogance. You know, I mean, I didn't like the A students, and that was a good thing because I swore that someday I'd hire them. And that was the difference. You know, I said, you SOBs, just because, you know, just because I'm flunking out of school doesn't mean I'm stupid. That's what really upset me, and, and I remember, I remember um, Mike, yeah, Rich Dad's son and I, I still remember the teacher says, I'm not gonna waste any more time on you two clowns. You are C students. I don't have time for you. I'm gonna work with Willie and Cheryl Ann because they're A students and they're gonna go somewhere. And I mean, Mike and I, I mean, our 
smoke came out of our heads. And both Willie and Cheryl Ann became government employees. You know, I mean, big deal. And Kim met them. And what was her big business venture? They, they actually had the rights for Hallmark card stores throughout the whole Big Island. And they had one store in Kona. And I'm like, and I don't know how many years they've had it, but a long time. I'm like, well, aren't you going to open up any more? Oh, no, no, one's enough. So I said, well, can I have the rest? <laughs> I'll open them up. <laughs> so but all your PMEs out there, you know, I mean, you're a bunch of arrogant SOBs, and I'll compare financials with you anytime you want, you know, because your report cards, your A's, don't make any difference when you have a stronger financial because your, your, your flows have played cash flow. You know it's about the financial statement that really counts in the real world. And the last thing is, what's the one of the most, Melissa, people always ask about network marketing, right? Always, Robert. We so get lots and lots of questions about that. Um, today, our question is from Joshua, and he's from North Carolina. Favorite book, Rich Dad Guide to Investing. North Carolina. We have a radio station where our show WBT. is. WBT. WBT. Thank hey, you very I'll, much. Right, Thank WBT. you for listening. Thank you. Yes, so Joshua in North Carolina, again, his question is this. He says, Robert, what is your opinion of network marketing businesses, and what can I learn and gain from joining one? Well, I love that question there because Donald Trump and I are the only guys that endorse network marketing because we come from working class values. Now, you know, there's a, there's a company called Duluth Trading, and they talk about plumber's butt. I'm not a plumber, but I do have a plumber's butt. And every time they make fun of the plumber's butt and the working class guys, I buy Duluth Trading underwear. You know what I mean? I relate to that. So we have a video coming up and it's done in honor of Joan Williams. It's my talk on white working class, the book. But also I complete the other side of it. Joan mentioned it. There is the PME, Professional Managerial Elite. But there's also the E... B-E, Entrepreneurial Business Elite. And for those of you who are in network marketing, the Entrepreneurial Business Elite are called your diamonds or your leaders. You know, for those of you who don't wanna to go to college and become a PMA, then network marketing is the path to getting rich. So we have from Rich Dad, the company, stay tuned, it's called Robert Kiyosaki's Book Report or whatever we call it and it's on the white working class. But for those of you who have network marketing or have people who should join network marketing because they don't wanna go back to college, this interview is important for you because I'm gonna be talking about the entrepreneurial path to get rich. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, well actually in, in Joan's book, White Working Class, um, she talks about that the white working class cannot stand, resents the PMEs, calls them phonies, they're not their own real jobs, but they oh, yeah. but they don't. What they say about teachers? Yeah, but they oh. admire the rich and their the idea of owning an, their own business. That's like an ideal Everything. to them. That's the ideal. They don't they want to be told what to do by a PME, and yeah. neither do I. Yeah. I hire those guys. Yeah, their ideal is, is to not have to take orders from somebody else. So network marketing is a great either a stepping stone to having your own business or full time to build it to have a very successful business. Network marketing is a great way to go because they have the support base. Um, it doesn't cost a lot of money to get in there. You have mentors that really want That's you to succeed. That's the EBE, yeah. Entrepreneurial Business Elite. Your diamonds, your leaders, those guys come up by working hard, yeah. not by going to college. Right. 
Once again, you can submit your questions to Ask Robert. I want to thank Joan Williams. And look for my video coming out, White Working Class. It's free at the Rich Dad Company. And for those of you who want to find another way of getting rich other than going to college, where are your guys? Thank you for listening.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.